Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of GTI Insights, the Global Taiwan Institute's policy podcast. My name is Marshall Reed, and I'm a program associate at GTI. And we're really so excited to be joined by Dr. Michael Zickerich, the vice chairman of the German Taiwan Association, an organization working in Germany to expand ties between Germany and Taiwan. Prior to his current position, Dr. Zickerich served as the director general of the German Institute in Taiwan from 2011 to 2014 where he coordinated German policy on Taiwan in a variety of different forms. As a career diplomat, he's served in a really wide and diverse range of positions within the German Foreign Office, including stints in Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Moldova. Dr. Zergrich, really, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure. Welcome. Well, again, Dr. Zergrich, I think you're, you're joining us at what is and could be a really pivotal time for the German-Taiwan relationship. For the better part of really the past two decades, German foreign policy and policy in general has really been dictated and dominated by, by former Chancellor Angela Merkel. Under her administration, Berlin built really strong and enduring economic ties with the People's Republic of China, with Germany emerging as China's largest trade partner on the continent, and China emerging as one of Germany's largest trade partners, period. For Taiwan, unfortunately, this, this really strong German-China relationship has historically left few opportunities to expand ties with Berlin. But, however, recent developments could really potentially shift this dynamic, and by that I mean in December, Olaf Scholz was sworn in as the new German Chancellor. While Scholz himself has thus far said relatively little about the cross-strait relationship, his coalition has recently published language criticizing China for human rights abuses and calling for expanded Taiwanese participation in international organizations, which in turn, could potentially signal a shift in German policy towards the cross-strait relationship. Mm -hmm. So with all this in mind, Dr. Zucker, we're, we're so glad to have you here to discuss the, the ongoing challenges and potential opportunities that, that characterize this really complex German-Taiwan relationship as we enter what are certainly uh, uncertain times. So just to, to start off, I'd, I'd like to start kind of broadly. And I, I, just to, for our listeners who might not know that much about the, the relationship between Germany and Taiwan, you know, given your position as someone who's been deeply involved in the, the relationship between the two countries since 2011 and before, since you served as the Director General of the German Institute in Taipei, what are some of the changes you've observed over the years and what have been some of the enduring challenges and potential points of opportunity? Thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to talk to you today on German-Taiwanese relations. It's a pleasure to be in touch with you at the Global Taiwan Institute. The evolution of a democratic system in Taiwan in the late 80s helped to increase relationships uh, and the impact of, of German companies who came to Taiwan, brought their R&D and uh, uh, even started to produce or had production lines in the mainland uh, that went quite nicely. We have right now, as, a, as we speak, 300 companies in Taiwan, German companies. The experience is, is complicated there. When it first started, it was, um, it was very successful because China then was the production line. And then little by little, it has changed. Companies who took their R&D to China from Taipei did it. They woke up in, on the mainland and they noticed that their R&D was gone. And so they went back to Taiwan. This has happened several times. So uh, not an easy situation. And today, um, this is anyway pretty limited. 
and the companies who are still there because they feel there's a market beyond just the mainland. The market is the whole region. These developments in the economy and the political system in Taiwan also led to further fostering of our ties, naturally. The strength of the emerging civil society in Taiwan and the flourishing of the de democratic system profoundly stabilized the society and making Taiwan therefore a partner to Germany. Taiwan is the fourth or sometimes the fifth country uh, which we have economic relations with in Asia, you know, just behind a small other country named India. So it's, it's, it's really the whole atmosphere for doing business in Taiwan was always good, very positive. This is indeed an exciting moment for Taiwan supporters from both sides of the Atlantic, I'd say. Exchanging views and opinions on what all we can do to support Taiwan in the international arena. But these are also very difficult and scary times for friends of Taiwan everywhere. Xi Jinping's aggressive threats against a peaceful democratic Taiwan make for a very gloomy picture. His provocative and aggressive threats of using force if need be against Taiwan are raising concerns uh, of a possible warlike situation that could lead to a wider international confrontation. This scenario is compounded by the worsening situation in Ukraine and in Russia Threats against that country, Ukraine, have been on the forefront and, and uh, have been everybody under everybody's attention. Even more so, we are witnessing a forging alliance between Putin and Xi Jinping, who are voicing support for each other's agendas and intentions to push back NATO and, if need be, to use force against Taiwan therefore adding a totally new dangerous dimension to uh, that what could lead, as I said, to warlike scenarios. EU remains divided and splintered on the issues. Russia and China are both busy driving wedges into European and transatlantic solidarity. As a matter of fact, we might be facing a very serious confrontations between the democratic Western states and the authoritarian alliance of Ch Russia and China. In my view, there is definitely a need for a new approach in Western policies, not only with regards to Russia, but also to China and the Indo-Pacific. Well, thanks so much for really setting the stage and giving so much background and relationship that really isn't frequently talked about between Germany and Taiwan. Before we delve a bit deeper into the kind of the specifics of the relationship, I'd, I'd love to hear a bit more about your organization specifically, which is the German-Taiwan Association. Can you talk a bit about the mission of the association and the ways in which it furthers these goals? The association uh, was first founded in uh, 1957, making it the oldest society in Germany and throughout uh, Europe advancing ties with Taiwan. The association was originally made up of members of the German parliament who were interested in long-term development of German-Taiwanese relations. Ever since, GTA has been working to bring German and Taiwanese citizens together through culture, economics, science and politics. According to the GTA's charter, the association's purpose is to promote within Germany the understanding of Taiwan and in the international setting as well. GTA advocates for more continuance, 
care and strengthening of the multifaceted relationship between Germany and Taiwan. This includes promotion and increase of cultural exchanges, development of economic relations and support for academic relations between the two countries. The GTA is a party politically neutral entity aiming at bringing together both sides with workshops, lectures, discussion events, etc. And we are raising our voice for Taiwan and even more so in the recent year and a half. We are seeing ourselves as initiators. This is also how the parliamentarian friendship group Berlin Taipei was established from our executive board in 1989. This parliamentary group includes parliamentarians of all parties and has all the rights of an official parliamentarian group. Over the past few decades, a strong Taiwanese identity has emerged. Taiwan needs a strong voice of support, and we're trying to complement that. Ours is a commitment and recognition of the civil society and its democratic successes over the past 30 years, as well as a sign of our struggle against international discrimination of Taiwan. Our association wants consistency and friendly relations, but also seeks to demonstrate transition and clarity in our organizational orientation and to keep an eye on the dynamics of uh, geopolitical and social changes. Recently, public interest in Germany has been growing tremendously due to the positive recognition of Taiwan as it has been getting more known the how they handled, how successfully they handled the pandemic so far. And it also because of the threats, the, the, um, the publicity of the threats and the aggressiveness of Xi Jinping's policy toward Taiwan. As a result, we have noticed an increase in interest in, Ger in the German political class, as well as members of the public in all things Taiwanese. As a result, our association, which is always fine, has seen a steady growth in application for membership. You know, this is what we always want. <laughs> you probably have the same thing. By, this, by the same token, the interest in Taiwan of Germany's expertise in environmental questions has been building. I have been part of this process when I was German director in Taipei. And we've seen several ways of cooperation in this field. Upon request of the Taiwanese side, we've also been sharing our experience from our rather past, uh, rather dark past, uh, therefore starting joint projects with Taiwanese to work on uh, the question of the white terror in Taiwan. We arranged for an exchange there, which has been very successful and it's still going on. Our scientific cooperation really thrived and flourished. We have had an increase in student exchanges. We have the working holiday program, by the way, which annoyed China real badly. And I enjoyed that every minute of it. I, I also was able to host the first German diplomatic conference of, of German uh, heads of, of diplomatic uh, representation throughout China and also in, in, um, in Asia, in Taipei, which was really something that the Taiwanese government, you know, they are always very happy to get some sort of feeling for international recognition. They, they really liked it and it was a big success. 
you know, anybody who comes for a visit to Taiwan usually leaves as a friend, and this has been also the outcome there. We have regular publications. One is coming out soon on cultural politics. It's um, a reader on Taiwan in motion. It's, it's uh, under production. It's coming out very, very shortly. GTA also supports, of course, the meaningful participation of Taiwan in international organizations and fora like WHO, UNFCCR, ICAO. We were once successful with American help uh, with ICAO, which, which was really a, a good thing, very much appreciated. And in this context, we're also lobbying for an end of travel restrictions for uh, Taiwanese officials coming to the EU. We've had this year, for the first time in a long time, the visit of the foreign minister, Joseph Wu, in, to several countries, not Germany, by the way, but um, uh, he's a very close friend and we're in very good relations. I'm, I'm in, uh, in close contact with him. And we are also calling for a free trade agreement between Taiwan and the EU, which we consider is long overdue. I remember that uh, when I was in Taiwan, it was clear that we were negotiating with the mainland, such a tr free trade agreement. And, and the Chinese said, yes, as soon as you have finished with us, you can go ahead. And we've tried and there's nothing has happened so far. So it's, 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 not, it's, it's not satisfactory at all. Well, thank you again, Dr. Zergrig, for giving such a, a great overview of this relationship so far. I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't take a moment to, to discuss really the most pressing issue facing really countries around the world right now, which is the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. I think here in GTI and in DC in general, it's been really interesting to see the impact of the pandemic on how countries around the world see, in particular, China and Taiwan. And I think, especially in Europe, we've, we've seen really interesting changes in how countries view China and view Taiwan. So with that in mind, I'd, I'd be really interesting to hear your, your perspectives on how the COVID-19 pandemic and China and Taiwan's role in it has affected Germany's relationship with China and Taiwan. The Taiwanese government graciously donated 5.6 million masks to Germany and other European countries. Germany got a million there, approximately. Through the intervention of our uh, German-Taiwanese uh, Association, we managed that an official thank you message from the German government went out to the Taiwanese side. And also the European Union, Mrs. von der Leyen, thanks Taiwan. We really appreciate this gesture, she wrote, of solidarity. This global virus outbreak requires international solidarity and cooperation. Acts like this show that we are stronger together. Later that year, it became clear that even though Taiwan had handled the infections of the pandemic very efficiently with very few casualties, the Taiwanese government tried to strike a deal with the German company BioNTech, who basically invented the supply of uh, the, the vaccine itself, and, and they also supply it. Initially, it seemed to be working out, and BioNTech was answering positively to this request. Then, obviously, the Chinese side intervened once again, also by referring to, to a set earlier agreement signed with the Chinese company, in Shanghai, who was supposed to represent BioNTech in China. It was obvious that China tried to block the deal for the supply of vaccines 
all our combined efforts to find a positive solution remained in a way unsuccessful. This was a very embarrassing situation for all of us who were involved here. Finally, through the intervention of the Foxconn CEO, Terry Go, who struck a deal with Chinese authorities, Taiwan was able to purchase vaccines. But the whole affair was nevertheless humiliating to both sides, Germany and the Taiwanese governments. It has turned out another problem is the semiconductors. We were very much relying always on the supply of TSMC as one of the world's major uh, supplier of, of semiconductors. But of course, we had not th thought of this to uh, make purchase orders early enough. It's a, it's a predicament which still uh, is happening today. It's, not, it's, it's the same as has been for a long time now, and, and we'll have to wait and see where this all goes. Well, I think that's a great way to lead into our next question. As we discussed earlier, this is a time of really significant political change in Germany. After years under the leadership of Chancellor Angela Merkel, Germany is now being led by Olaf Scholz. Under Angela Merkel, relations between Berlin and Beijing were notably relatively warm as Berlin followed an overall strategy of balancing the U.S. and China, particularly focus on business interests. Do you anticipate this trend to continue under the Olaf Scholz chancellorship? Or do you have a sense that Scholz will be more open to establishing closer ties with Taiwan? I'd be interested here too, you know, what do you think Scholz will be looking for from Taiwan? So when two months ago, the new coalition of the Social Democratic Party, the Greens and the Liberal Party, actually they're called the Streetlight coalition here in Germany, Ample Coalition, formed a new government after the elections. There was initial hope that also with regard to Taiwan, we could expect a policy change. Since the new government or members of the new government had inserted a new language into the coalition agreement, which is really in there, saying that there was a need to review our Taiwan policy. This was a surprising first. And we were all delighted, of course. A number of China scholars and observers had also suggested that the new government should use the opportunity, holding the chair of the G7 group, as we are this year, to advocate for more cooperation and solidarity within the G7 group with regard to Taiwan, while China policies also needed to be reviewed. We have to see and uh, wait and see what happens in June. There'll be this big usual conference. And so they're all getting together and we are trying very hard to uh, remind people, uh, you know, with all the context that we have, that, that we feel it's very necessary to review this policy. Germany should ex exert its influence to reformulate German and European China policies and coordinate and integrate into a wider strategy with other nations, notably the US. Berlin should move away from the old Merkel policy of national mercantilism, even criticized by German high-ranking business circles. It had become obvious that the old theme, change through trade, had not worked in the way expected. Indeed, in the last few years, the Chinese had used the knowledge they had acquired from the West, in no small part from Germany also, to build their own economy. And apart from the exceptions that are still there, 
this, it seems that interest in dealing with the West have gone down considerably, and it has also a bearing already now on those areas which have always been very important to our relations, in particular cars and, and uh, machinery. And um, now we, we are facing that electric cars from China will soon be competing on, in European markets. Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about it. We always said, you know, it's a global marketplace, but it's, it's obvious that uh, China is, or China, uh, uh, Chinese companies are becoming more and more closed shops and uh, their interest in dealing with uh, others has gone down considerably. China is convinced their system is superior to Western-style democracy, and China should use all the influence they have to build one strong China, which would be reunited not only with Hong Kong, but also Taiwan. Hegemony should not just be restricted to China proper, but more so to the regional scale and eventuality also in Europe and Africa and elsewhere. Europe seems strangely unprepared while the need to establish new forceful narrative with regard to China is strongly missed. In the absence of a cohesive European strategy for China and the Indo-Pacific, speculation is growing that the US plans, I'm talking speculation here in Europe, plans to get out of Europe and confront the real adversary, China. To this uh, and US is trying to build alliances in the region militarily and economically, so they're actually aiming at uh, to change the strategic environment in which China operates. At this time, we're witnessing American efforts to build this new military and geopolitical alliance AUKUS next to Australia, New Zealand, the UK. The aim is to eventually include India, Japan, South Korea in this. All of this should help to protect Taiwan. This is what makes it interesting for us. Compared to the far-reaching US plans, European geopolitical strategies do not extend very far outside of small old Europe. Anyway, because of the Ukrainian crisis, which is observing, absorbing all of our attention, we still have little regard for the security of Taiwan. It's considered to be courageous to demand in, that European countries should be uh, stopping to over curtail to China or practice solidarity with Lithuania. Um, and we also believe we should not always uh, um, bow to Chinese pressure in so many ways, and it will not get us more respect from China. But the matter of the fact is that this is really going very far. You probably are aware of the Lithuania case, where they have tried to sort of do away, Chinese government, do away with Lithuania from the international travel can, uh, uh, economic connections. Not only that, they are also now sanctioning German companies who produce even for other markets in Lithuania. There's a German company called Continental and, and they are experiencing big difficulties producing in Lithuania. I think we need more solidarity with Lithuania because they're a very courageous little nation and we'll have to see where this leads. But I'm afraid that changes in German-China policy are unlikely at this time. 
On the contrary, the Social Democrats under Chancellor Scholz, unfortunately, similar to the positioning in the present conflict around Russia and Ukraine, are very reluctant to make changes that would have negative effects on our economic interests in China. Mercedes-Benz, Volkswagen, and machine builders so far have ruled the economic relations with China. This situation is likely to change with China becoming more and more self-reliant and unwilling to accept criticism from abroad. Still, there's talk of many issues we have with China, particular uh, human rights, of course, the handling of the Uyghurs, uh, situation in Hong Kong, South China Sea, and the internal mounting authoritarianism and suppression of the people. Of course, the continuous aggression and incursions into Taiwan. So the, the public is taking more note of this, uh, but we haven't yet seen a change in, in politics. Even though the Green Party, in particular Foreign Minister Ms. Baerbock, signaled to be open for, to a review of German foreign policy in a larger picture that would take into account recent political changes, in particular in and around Taiwan, South China Sea, and the Indo-Pacific in general, but no swift results can be expected. By the same token, it's becoming clear that China's outreach, as I said, uh, extends also to Europe, and it started negatively to affect German businesses in, in Lithuania and elsewhere in Europe. Mr. Xi Jinping's China is basking in, in a newfound strength and glory in its policy of intimidation and dem democracy decomposing effects. This increases the need for a joint policy that deals with the threats of cyber, digital and artificial intelligent attacks on Europe and also on the rest of the world. Now is the time to strengthen our alliances and become solidaric in our dealing with China. And of course, this also means that we will jointly do everything possible to protect democratic states against threats and takeovers by force. This is not only true with regard to Taiwan, but to other countries in the region as well. China will have to understand that they cannot go around forcing and threatening and bullying other countries. To this end, we realize it will be necessary to step up and build defense capabilities as well to counteract cyber and military capacities of China. Europe and Germany as well are like other like-minded states need to take into account certain realities though. This does not mean that we should not cooperate with China, which is likely to become a rival competitor, but also partner in particular in the climate uh, change process or international climate policy and international cooperation. But, and, and here on this note, I like to end, I'm very worried, frankly speaking, what could all happen be for Taiwan in, in a very short period of time. We need to be prepared for all possibilities. Who will defend Taiwan? And how can we be of help and come to the rescue? So I think it's, it's, it's a very important thing. Germany is a little further off, but uh, I, I, as I said before, I think it would be so important to strengthen our alliances. Mr. Putin has been successful in revitalizing NATO. And so we, we hope that there'll be a new 
how shall we call this, a new wind going through, a new idea that we should become aware of what is happening in that area. Well, I think that's a, a great way to sort of bring things to a close. I mean, I think you've done a good job of, of shedding light on the fact that this is a really complicated relationship and it goes back decades. And, you know, as much as there are burgeoning contacts between Germany and Taiwan, there's still a lot of work to do. And so I think mm -hmm. this is really a an interesting and pivotal time for the, the German-Taiwan relationship. And we'll be, we'll be really interested to see what happens coming next mm -hmm. with the Schultz administration and with organizations like yours leading the way. Well, thank you again to all our listeners for joining us for another episode of GTI Insights. Many thanks also to the great staff and interns at GTI for all their help with every step of producing this podcast. If you're interested in learning more about GTI and our work, be sure to check out our website at globaltaiwan.org, where you can find information about our Global Taiwan Brief, our other podcasts, our public seminars. You can also listen to more episodes of GTI Insights on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Until next time, this has been GTI Insights.